0: Iowa Everywhere. It's time for Miller and Williams on Iowa Everywhere. Presented by Prairie Meadows Racetrack and Casino. This is Iowa Everywhere. what's going on guys welcome to miller and williams here on we are recording this on thursday the 15th of december very possible you could be listening on a friday if you do happy bull season getting kicked off today we are presented as always by our good friends at prairie meadows race Tracking and casino your favorite place to play
1: happy bull season dude i mean i the you know i was box. once like i was once like you um I'm not get, I'm not getting down on any of the games um I had my season I'll be back in September um i I wouldn't force yeah not for me not for me i'll well, I'll probably dive I'll into watch. a few casually accidentally um I'll see what the clones are doing what I can
0: uh, we start over can we start over NWO t-shirt Hogan just I, turned heel. I Hogan promise just the
1: that was a slip up. Savage. Can we start over? Because it's, going to, it's going to lead to people thinking that I turned. I did not. I promise you it was an accident. Shawn promise. Michaels just, just
0: oh, screwed
1: Bret Hart. Listen, if you really like me, you would let, me, let us start over. But if you, No, it's if live. You, We're you, live on YouTube. Oh, we can't start over. Folks, it was an accident. My apologies. <laughs> As I was saying it, I, my mind went, shit, John, they won four games. Stop. And I couldn't. And then you jumped in and went NWO Hogan. Don't make me go there. I don't want to live in that world again, Chris. Anyhow, um, I'll dip into, I don't know, maybe the playoffs and, and Iowa's bowl game just because I'm a masochist. The Iowa bowl game is going to be a doozy. How do you even handicap that?
0: Well, actually, it's funny. You should go back and listen a uh, podcast I posted this week. I actually interviewed the odds maker, the head guy at Circa, about that. And it was fascinating because I was like – I asked him specifically, I go, when you're handicapping an Iowa game, like how low is too low? Like How do you know how low to go with these totals? Because it's unprecedented what, what we're seeing. Like They've set a couple of records this year. So lowest total in a bowl right. game that I think it was the Wisconsin game or the Minnesota game was like the lowest game that ever went off. And it was really interesting to hear his answer.
1: Yeah. I mean, I will go back and listen to that because I am kind of curious myself. Um,
0: I, I mean, you know, Kentucky – They just put low limits is what they're doing with these bowl games right now. Yeah. Until you... like the day of and then they raise their limits. Right. Oh, okay. oh low
1: betting limits. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's smart. Um, you know, Iowa backup third-string quarterback versus Kentucky second-string quarterback – um, Kentucky
0: starting running backs. I mean, I don't know. I want I don't that know. guy to get COVID because I want Deuce Hogan to just go and light up Kirk Ferentz. It'd be Yeah, epic. yeah, yeah. It would be sure. epic. Was Deuce like what? Fourth string before
1: <laughs> uh, Levis left and he walked on? And that's I'm not digging. Yeah. I'm not disinduced. I'm just countering what you're saying. I just think, hey, we all know that there's plenty of kids uh, through our history of watching this that are four stars, five stars even, that just don't pan out. Um, Deuce Hogan seems like he's on that trajectory. Relative to not panning out and being a starting P five quarterback, doesn't mean he doesn't pan out for I just for need some drama this, that, with this other. game,
0: man. I need some yeah, juice, it 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 may
1: you know. need some drama.
0: That's all I need. Yeah,
1: it may need um, some drama.
0: I wanted to talk to you a couple things. I didn't know that the World Cup is coming to Kansas City. Oh, dude, we are the Holy We are crap. the we are the soccer capital of,
1: of uh, America.
0: So I saw that this morning. Like the the crooked FIFA guy. You know he's a total crooked. Which I mean, one? Well, uh, the the head guy it it is it? La Pierre? I don't know what his name he's, is. He's he's European. He lives across the pond. That's all I know. And he's he's up there with his map, and like we're gonna have all this all these games because it's a, they're expanding the field, so they need they can't just have it in one spot. Like it's impossible. And yeah, I didn't realize, and I and I saw that Kansas City was going to be on there, and I was like, "Man, Miller is going to eat this up." I will, I will. I'm this staying is... at your house for like two weeks. That that's deal,
1: summer. you're set. Um, yeah, that's fine. Bring uh, bring your Xbox. We can play some video games and that. We'll have a patio too. Um, you know, and we'll we'll explore the space out there. And I'm right next to a cornfield, in a pond. Wow. that's in my back over my back in the fence pond? i've never been down there and it's not a, it's not a cow pasture pond but i wouldn't step in it but uh yeah we can do that absolutely uh soccer every day and we can go down to the power and light district which is yes. one of the most electric places in the united states of america to take in a soccer game uh yeah i mean kansas city loves soccer i mean there are more um junior soccer complexes here than anywhere in the country it is insane. You cannot swing a dead cat around here without hitting a soccer ball. It's except in my yard,
0: but yeah, it's a big deal here. Apparently. I don't know how it happened, but it is here. Yeah. Cause they kept like when the United States was playing in those games, they kept cutting to the power and light district.
1: Yes because that's where the juice is that's where yeah. that's where all the spilt beer from soccer games is it's in Kansas City Power and Light. the first ever women's women's soccer only specific stadium is being built just northeast of down of the downtown loop probably within a half mile of where the new Kansas City Royal Stadium is likely going to be built as well. Um, and then on the west side of town about 15 miles from my house you have where the uh, the Kansas City men's MLS soccer team plays. And it's a beautiful facility, and it's right there next to the racetrack. You've been down there. Oh for, yeah, been there a lot. They so, got the yeah. Bass Pro and all that. Good I mean, stuff soccer, and that's why people tune into this podcast is to hear our takes uh, I on soccer. Thought it was interesting. Well, it's, it's timely. Timeless.
0: It's timely. It's timely, and it's you know we're using our resources, and you're our correspondent in Kansas City. True,
1: true. I don't know how interesting it is, but it definitely is timely.
0: I, okay, fine. We'll go into we'll make fun of the old men at the Rose Bowl then, because I'm down with do doing it. that 365 let's, let's do days it. out of the year. So I wanted to get to this a couple of weeks ago when the Rose right. Bowl was like trying to hold everybody hostage. Do you ever um, feel bad just being even associated with the Rose Bowl? Never with the Big Ten. As much Not as once. The, there, there's no entity that has held our sport back worse. Than those old men and their Blazers um, and their their egos and just being obsessed with all this stuff that doesn't really matter. You got the third place team in the Big Ten this year uh, going against freaking Utah. Um, they so they for those of you who didn't understand, don't understand what happened. The the old Blazer guys were trying to hold expansion of the playoff so that they could have their stupid 4 o'clock kickoff or whatever on right. New Year's Day.
1: Yeah, with the sun in the second half. You know, yeah, I get with, it. It's beautiful. The, the sun's shining down on the San Gabriel Mountains, which I, I don't know if you've ever... Have you ever been there for that? No,
0: but I've been to a hell of a Liberty Bowl. Have
1: you yeah, ever with, been to Memphis on New Year's Eve? No, can't say that I have. You got, you got me. Listen, you got me there. Um, I will say there's... We, those people that grew up following, being fans of Big Ten fans, like the two people, I I was two people that the two people on this podcast, the Nick Bell Um, game, yeah, the the Rose Bowl was the dream, that was the pinnacle of it all, yeah. Um, Times have changed. Times have changed now. You said that the Rose Bowl is the thing that's held back our sport, the Big Ten, and all that held back. I said our sport. one of
0: the biggest entities. I think that right. they are the biggest entity that has done that. But 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 that's but okay. But then now we have to find that. What? How do you define
1: what? What is the panacea? If 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 the Rose Bowl has been holding it back, what has it been holding it back from that you think is the best of all possible outcomes? Uh, I've been reading like a lot of real- philosophy
0: books lately, Chris. So I'm, yeah, I'm a little tell. wired up. Real playoffs. Like just real what's best for the sport and not what's best for the Blazers. They they these well, what's bull, best for the sport? These old bull guy they they think that they are what's best for the sport. They still think that this sport should be the old bull system, no playoffs. Like that's what these old men believe. They, you they an- truly believe that. They think that they they think that their sunset kickoff on New Year's day is better for the sport of college is the best thing in
1: the sport it is is five. i didn't say but 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 you haven't defined what's the
0: the but you haven't defined what the best thing is for the sport what What, is the best thing for the sport? expansion moving forward in the playoff let's have a real playoff let's find a real champion and there are people sitting out of the rose bowl now it's not that big of a deal anymore i will grant you guys cannot move on to what the sport has become in 2022 and they want to hold us back and then they had a gun put, a proverbial gun put to their head, and they balked. And then all of a sudden they caved, and it was one of the greatest, one of the one of the best moments of my college sports fandom to watch the old guys in the Blazers cave a couple weeks ago. So, you,
1: so you got what you wanted.
0: Yeah. Tune in at six. Old man stands on front porch, waves fist at
1: sky for something he already has. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just want to be pissed today. No, I just, it's the old men at the, the old bowl people just drive me crazy. It just, it, it was a ju- back room, it's such a room thing. Yeah. And it's such a farce like, oh, well we're going to give you a $400,000 payout. And then the fans, the fans reaction to the bowl game is always the best. They're like, oh my God, that's going to help our athletic department. We've been stacking all these bowl game checks for so many years and then, But you don't realize that you're required to buy X amount of tickets that's going right back to the bull. And then you got to fly your team out there. And then you got to pay for the hotels. And you, oh, oh, we lost money on this. And who's getting rich? And who's flying all around the country in September, taking lavish trips, staying in five star hotels, going to strip clubs, and eating filet mignon? Oh, yeah, it's the old bull guy. The and whole some, thing is
1: rigged for these guys. Right. And if they would have called you up a few years ago and said, hey, Chris, we've been following you. You are an astute observer of college football. Matter of fact, we'd uh, like to invite you to uh, for a seat on our committee um, because we just think that you'd be a great emissary for us traveling out to all these places, eating all this caviar, living high on the hog. You just said, sign me up. <laughs> sign me up, bitches. Damn right I would <laughs> have. Yeah, yeah. Right. Listen, the old system certainly had its flaws. There's no doubt about it. Um, and I also admit that uh, I didn't mind it because it was probably steeped in nostalgia. Um, I also had a great uh, command of all the nuances of that system. Um, I also sold bull charter trips, and under this I've new system, under this new system, it probably wouldn't be a. Uh, it, there probably isn't a a niche market for somebody like me or you to come in and do it uh, on, on the regular like there was back in like. 2002 through about 2000, you know, 15 ish. And that's fine. Um, I don't mind that they're going to a playoff. Um, it's never really been something that's burned and bugged me. Even when Iowa was, you know, if we would have had the the new playoff system we're going to have back in 2015, Iowa would have been invited to the the party. They would have been invited to the party in 2002. They maybe would have been invited in 91 doubtful. They certainly would have been in 85, they wouldn't have been in 1981 when they went to the Rose Bowl. So it's, it's not like it's going to change my fandom immensely being an Iowa fan. Now, from a pure spectator standpoint, um, yeah, there'll be, there'll be some drama. And frankly, if it does not include home games at higher-seeded teams oh, for that okay. first round, I'm not interested in, in it at all.
0: I I, I, absolutely
1: like this year. I would love nothing more than to see Nick Saban's Alabama squad have to go play, you know, maybe at at the horseshoe, which I don't even know if it would line up that way, but you know what I'm talking about. I'd love to see some of these Southern schools be forced to come up and play in the Midwest. Yeah. Even though December football in the Midwest, isn't something any of us have ever lived with. And that's certainly not tradition. Yeah, but But they're not built that way to play in Kansas city, you know, like, well, the Dolphins have to go play in – But right. The, the right. Dolphins this week are in Buffalo. And, you know, and I've got Buffalo's defense and Kansas City's defense. And I've been thinking of starting Buffalo's, but Kansas City plays against Houston, and Houston sucks. So I'll probably go with Kansas City. But I'm sitting there looking at Buffalo. I'm like, man, Tua ain't like this. Uh, Tyreek, he ain't going to like this. I mean, that guy's a soft tissue injury every game, it seems like. So, yeah, you're right. I agree with that. It'll be fun. I'm just, I just don't have the lament that you do, and I, I get your angst. And the re- basically, you're speaking for the college football world that's not in the Big Ten, that didn't grow up. Yeah, you feeling, sound a little bit like an elitist. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Big sure. Ten elitist here. Yeah, that's, but that's how I was. But raised. my thing is like, that's what never, I was indoctrinated into. Therefore, that's what I carry on for most of my the, days until I wake up.
0: So, I, growing up where I did, like. The Orange Bowl was the big deal because that's where Nebraska always yeah. played, and we always watched them play in these championship-type games. In the Orange, you never hear about the Orange Bowl and the Sugar Bowl bitching the way that those old men in Pasadena do. They never, they're never doing it because they're they realize college football being healthy is better for them, or they realize that the
1: granddaddy of them all is the granddaddy of them all for a reason. So why are we going to bitch and complain because we're never going to have the status of this unbelievable place? And when the sun sets in that second half and it shines on the San <laughs> well, we the Gabriel Mountains, too. you can't got, help but parade. think about, oh, let me tell you about Keith Jackson. <laughs> I Don't mean, forget it's about the parade, the rose parade. I, there, there are few things in life more overrated than parades. <laughs> can't stand parades. The next parade I go to will be one I'm forced to go to, probably by my daughters if they ever have kids, and I'm a grandpa. That'll yeah. be the next
0: parade I go to. Ginger, come on now. I just, took, this. I just took my daughters to the uh, Bondurant Christmas Parade a couple weeks ago. Listen, I did the same. That's what you do when you're a dad, mom. You got young kids. You, you know, I hate you parades, fill, too.
1: You fill yeah. units of time, okay? We could sit at the house from three until eight and kill one another, or we got this <laughs> two hours of units of time that, yeah, you got to be cold, but at least you have your sanity. And you give the kids a fun memory. That's what we did in winters when we lived in the West Des Moines with young kids. We would just go to the Jordan Creek Mall and we would walk around it and we would walk around it Just and, burning energy. And sometimes for Mary, we would like bring our own candy, little pieces of candy, and we'd put it in the candy machines that are right there on the upper level. And she called it the, uh, the jackpot, the jackpot machine. So she, for many years, thought you just go open these things and there's candy waiting for you for free. She didn't know that we, uh, that we staged that. Man. That was in between her always losing like one shoe. When we'd be in the mall, we'd get home. Where's her other shoe? I don't know. She took some sucker off and threw it down.
0: No, speaking of that, is Gracie coming home for Christmas?
1: Yeah, Grace will be home today. Matter of fact, Grace is coming home this afternoon. Me and Grace, Mary, and Andrea are all going to sit around and have a a viewing party today, which is Thursday, the 15th. My wife was out in LA last week. Uh, She was a part of the uh, Dr. Phil show. So today that show airs. Um,
0: Oh, she's on it?
1: Yeah. She was, uh, yes, she's on the show.
0: Kind of a humble brag there about the wife.
1: Well, it's not, it's how's it? uh, It's not me, it's her. But I will say, I mean, how many husbands and wives have both uh, been on national television?
0: Big Ten Network doesn't count. (laughs) Here we go. Dr. Phil, Big Ten Network. Come on. Yeah. You know what? You're right. Look at the ego on you to compare your (laughs) shitty little role on the Big Ten Network to your wife being on Dr. Phil. Dr. freaking Phil, man. Everybody knows Dr. Phil.
1: Maybe there's jealousy. No, I'm I couldn't be more excited and happy for That's awesome. And, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, I'm going to DVR I'm, that. I'm really pumped up. I'm really excited What, what did she talk about? Uh the conversation is about the role that white women have played in the history of America relative to racism. Jeez. That just that, that just encouraged about 100 people to go set their DVRs, right?
0: I can already feel the angry tweets. Oh yeah, I can just sense them based off of that one sentence that you just yeah. released. You know, it's, it's a
1: lot. A lot of people don't like to acknowledge things that have been. They say, "Well, those are the old days." That those, those are No, they are still with us. I was
0: going to see if I they. Had
1: they, they talk. They talk about. Uh, they talk about the impact historically, um, the damage that white women's tears have caused to uh, you know minorities and people of color, and they
0: talk What's about. What's here? And- like what? I mean, this seems like an odd angle for Phil. He's more it, like, "Hey, troubled." marriage let's figure it out
1: like well oh, believe me that the one of the uh, protagonists or antagonists that they set up on the show is you know someone that uh, well you'll see they're it, it, they're not going to reveal who the father is in this particular episode but there's definitely some drama that phil tried to stir up and who knows how it's going to play out i mean my i my wife, I mean, she was on a screen cap of one of the promos to it, so it's, so she's probably at least going to well, be on there. But woman. they edit, they edit, they edit things, and you never know how it's going to be presented. So we'll see how
0: it plays out. Could I, be two parter even. Real quick, uh, I brought up Gracie because I listened to Gracie's podcast with your wife, yes. and it was phenomenal. I, everybody Thank should. You. She's a. You should be very proud of that young girl. I know you are, but yeah. she's a special kid, man. Yeah, I appreciate
1: you bringing that up. They, my wife's podcast is called Her Story Speaks. And last week, uh, they released the episode that she interviewed Grace and talked about Grace's uh, mental health um, struggle or fight or whatever you want to call it, her life with mental illness. And uh, you know, a year ago, uh, right about now, Grace was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. That's not something people like to talk about because mm-hmm. it's like this scarlet letter of shame and things of that nature. And uh, I understand that. um, But Grace just felt a strong desire to be a part of the solution, as Grace always is, to try to destigmatize something like bipolar disorder. And we talked about um, she talked about a lot of things. She talked about uh, thoughts of, you know, ending her life. At times, she talked about her battle with uh, self-harm and cutting when she was 14 years old talked a lot about of the uh, trauma that she experienced which i think absolutely played in part of uh, some of the things that she deals with manifesting if not entirely but earlier in her life that was around religious trauma and um, and then how she called me this this september just like um, it was the weekend of iowa iowa state and is watching the game when she called and she knows this, so I'm not talking out of school. Whenever the phone rings and I look down and see, I see it's Grace. My heart sort of stops because I don't know what.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know what you know. And all parents are like that too. Yeah. yeah. But um, I I joke around with her. I'm like, Hey, can you call me sometimes? Just like, so, Hey, Dad, what's going on? You know, just so just so that whenever I see the phone, I'm like, All right, I got. It. I because I go into fight or flight mode instantly when I see that. Yeah, And uh, that conversation was definitely a hard one. Um, She was having a depressive episode and it was um, just kind of felt hopeless. And um, it's a scary place to be. And my wife is uh, much stronger than me and a fighter. And she went to work and she searched and searched and read and read and called and called. And um, Grace uh, underwent ketamine therapy in the last two weeks of September. So far, it's been transformational. It's absolutely been transformational. So yeah, the podcast goes into things far more in depth. And if any of you, any of you know someone or are struggling with mental illness, whether it's uh, depression or anxiety, PTSD, any number of things, um, this is something I would encourage you to listen to or share with someone that needs to hear it. And frankly, we all know someone who battles mental illness. So I appreciate uh, you bringing that up.
0: Yeah, no, it's good stuff. I would encourage anyone... Share it with your families. It's 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 really good stuff. I shared it with my wife. I don't I don't know if she's listened to it yet or not, but it was good stuff. Back to the uh, main topic of the show: my hatred for the Rose Bowl. Um, Seth says, "One man from Clorinda, one man against the suits of Pasadena. Coming soon to a theater near you." It's the new Thunderdome. Seth also says the and I. The making of the floats of the Rose Bowl a few years ago when we got smoked by Stanford. And how much do you hate the 49ers right now with Purdy and McCaffrey? Um, he says all the products are natural products, beans, corn, petals of flowers. It's truly crazy. They have beans on these floats? Yeah, they have to be organic. Everything in this parade, it's a bean or a corn or a flower. On the floats, I mean, obviously the wheels are made of rubber, you
1: know, oh. so. Um, but, like, I yeah, say, the thing. How the, does it hold everything if it's just corn? Like, The things on the floats have to be organic in nature, and it's been that way for a long time.
0: Whose genius idea was that? I don't know. Um, Bob Hope or Bob Barker, didn't they used you guys to be the doing, host of that thing? You guys are doing dumb shit like that. The Big 12 and the SEC, we're just chilling on Bourbon Street. Sugar Bowl, well, maybe. It's true.
1: I mean, the most fun bowl game I ever enjoyed covering was Alamo Bowl. Yeah. That's um amazing. went to a few of those. I mean the, the first one I went to in two thousand one, Mike Leach um was the coach for Texas Tech.
0: I that and, was my Alamo Bowl was yeah. Mike Leach in Washington State.
1: Yeah, and I just couldn't believe the, the, the line splits that his offensive lineman had, the gaps between them. And just, I mean, he was, uh, was just an amazing innovator and one of a kind in the history of this sport. You know, Mike, Mike Leach, you know, I, okay, I had fun, drank a lot, fed Polak, blah, blah, blah. That's my story about the, the Alamo Bowl. But Mike Leach is more interesting to me. Is Mike Leach is somebody that, like, he's a colorful character out of, like, the 30s or 40s or 50s or a Hayden Fry style. Just yeah. someone that was a, a unique and an individual that was comfortable in their own skin and I think probably relished the role of being viewed as eccentric and an outsider. Now, I don't know anything about Mike Leach's personal life, so I'm not going to sit here and you know say that this man was this or that or the other, but Mike Leach, the coach, the innovator, um, he
0: was a legend. Well, Hassel and I talked about this a little bit today, too, and we both had this feeling... Uh, when he died, that it was one of the hardest, like, for somebody we don't know, like, to take a death. And we were we were discussing this, and we got a little bit philosophical. And my theory on it was, John, that, like, Leach, compared to all these coaches today that are so buttoned up and so they don't want to let anybody in on anything, mm-hmm. Leach just gave you so much of himself. Yeah, you didn't even ask. You, you didn't ask for it, but you got it, and then yeah. you,
1: and then you came to want it, and yeah, you probably felt like not you knew him. Yeah, exactly. There's no doubt. Um, he uh, just did think the, the story of him coming up with a whole different script uh, in the Texas Oklahoma game of 1999 or whenever that was is. I've watched that probably three times it's been going around the internet and just all the other commentaries that he would make on random things and putting a mustache sticker on his on his face when Gardner Minshew was his quarter. I mean, just he was a character, and there, he might be the last of them, frankly. I think that's maybe overarching to your point.
0: I mean, I'm trying to think of guys today who I would put in that same – I mean, Dabo has a little bit of that, but it seems much more – created. I mean, I'm not saying Dabo's completely fake, but it doesn't it Dabo will at least like tell you what he thinks even if you don't agree with it. Yeah, or,
1: I, like, I just I, I don't know that anybody going to gonna be is going to be as universally loved, admired. No. Cuz cuz Dabo, I mean, a lot of Dabo stuff, you know. I
0: can't stand Dabo. I am I'm, I'm disinterested. I think it's uh I'm trying to just think I, of anybody pandering. else in the sport. Is there anyone else in the sport that no. is even remotely
1: there's i i don't think that there is you have to think of the, the old guys and because like you said these new younger guys it, it's about computers and spreadsheets and i'm not saying it's wrong it's just um mike leach probably was the last of his kind
0: well I, i've had this conversation with coaches before recently and they'll say to me and i like when i'm at, when i'm talking like say something like speak from the heart like be a real human and they go how does that help help me win games and I'm saying, my, my my what I always say to him is, it doesn't, but it buys you insurance for when your team sucks, because people have a connection to you, and people actually realize you as a human being. And mm-hmm. there's that per- where, where it's like, no, like I don't, I don't want. It's elementary issues. sociology. Yeah. It's- but these guys these days do not. Well, Bill Finley is a good example. Iowa, now it's women's basketball, so it's not as much media and, and not as much pressure and all that stuff. Now don't tell him that because he feels the pressure. But Bill Finley had a stretch where he wasn't winning as much as he was, and he was still revered at Iowa State because people loved him. Right, they he's do. a goodwill. Yeah, for sure. Right, and, and these guys now, a lot of these coaches are like, well, I, you know, I have one six and six year, and you want to fire me. Well, there's people have no tie to you,
1: right? There's no emotional attachment. No question about it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's elementary. We all do it. We all experience it in regular life. But I mean, Kirk Ferentz was very, he gave me some access or some time or even acknowledgement at the very outset of my quote-unquote career of whatever it is that I've done in this space. And it had made a huge impression on I me. Mean, I was 27, and we're probably a little more impressionable uh, at that age. But it, was, it made a big impact on me, which is why in 2014 when I was saying that, you know, Kirk probably needed to let go, I mean, I didn't like any of that. And I'm not going to do it again. I mean, it's going to be what it's going to be, and I still – I will always have uh, a great deal of respect for him and, and what he, you know, I think helped. And Bob Bowlesby, Bob Bowlesby was somebody that when I was starting up, you know, I had left the rivals.com Hawkeye nation. It was super Hawkeye. And I started a new website, Hawkeye nation, Bob Bowlesby. A, and we was with the scout.com network and scout.com was packaging, physical magazines with an internet mm-hmm. subscription. Okay, it was bundling, and I reached out to Bob and I asked him if we could use the Iowa University of Iowa football season ticket subscriber address list and send everyone on that list a magazine. Mail it out, thousands of people. Bob said yes. Now we we basically sent our you know our information in print, and they they sent the the list. It was Try like doing that s- today. No, wouldn't happen. No. Would I wouldn't even think to ask.
0: Yeah. But Those Bob did that for me. People would be all over you.
1: No doubt about it. And Bob did that. And I will, I had I had beers one time with Bob at the Wigan Pen. I think it was two thousand one, maybe. It was I Iowa's celebration of a hundred years of basketball. And I just went, I was like one of the few quote unquote media members there. And everybody else left. And, you know, I was a booze hound at the time too, probably sitting there having a sip with Bielama. Um, but um it was just me and Bob sitting at a, sitting in a booth in the back of the bar just talking for two hours and I asked him about firing here, uh, f- f- hiring Kirk Ference and I asked him what went down and I got his full you know his account of it all and we just talked and we had a great degree degree of trust and I always you know I have a very soft spot in my heart for Bob Bowles. we always have. That's the human relationship. That's that what one. Mike Leach lets you get in and see and feel like you know him. Therefore, you're endeared
0: to him. So you're exactly right. Pollard's a little bit like like that. Yeah, it gives you way. I, there, there's not a more authentic athletics director in the country, I would guess, than Paul. Yeah, and I, I feel, I feel,
1: I don't know what the feeling is. It guilt is. I just feel bad for you know how I. Treat, I guess some of the things I said about Iowa State and Jamie and just, you know, when I was being a douchebag and just saying things just for effect, you know, um, and that was after Jamie had been nothing but um, kind and gracious for me. The personal touches like you're talking about, he probably felt like some type of betrayed. And I hate that. I, I really, really hate that. It still bothers me. Actually, I'm 51. Email him. have nothing to do. um, have nothing. To, and I have. I have. And, and he, was, he graciously replied, but I still feel bad about it. And that, that you know, that's guild is a prison of our own making often. Um, and that probably is. I'm not losing sleep over it, but when I think about it, when I think of Jamie, I always think of that. And I don't like it because Jamie's a really good dude, um, really good athletic director, a really good champion for Iowa State University. And Iowa State is really fortunate to have him. Um,
0: great human, too. All right. You got to hit the road. I'm gonna let you out of here. Um, I need I a, a quick, curable prediction for you. Give me the team. TSA versus Troy. This is the best bowl of the entire season. You this year. Maybe it's something with gambling.
1: Maybe every year there's a there's a favorite team that a gambler just globs onto because they feel like they got a really good read. UTSA is your team this year I don't know
0: I've I've heard heard them every week more about UTSA this year than I ever have in my life and it's because of
1: you well yeah because Hassle calls the games right
0: he calls all their games right so you're yeah
1: so you tune in so that way you guys have something to talk about and I get it we've become the voice of Conference USA right well I'm gonna go with UTSA just because that's I know that's your team dude I'm telling
0: you it'd be the best bowl game of the year could be it could be Two 10-win teams, conference champions, and they get buried on a Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. Oh, there's no justice in that. What? It's got to be the Rose Bowl's
1: fault.
0: Well, actually, yeah, it is. Those bastards. It goes way back, but the Rose Bowl, yeah. But anyway, we'll, that, we'll save that for next week. My crusade against the old men and the Blazers in Pasadena is not over. This will continue. Oh, so you're you're going to continue to fight against people that are
1: no longer relevant because they gave in and caved and the whole premise is basically done and destroyed now. So you're just going to fight oh, against no. your here's guilt.
0: here's how I know I, I'll, I'll keep to myself, but they they can't keep their mouth shut. They're going to bitch and moan about something here in the next year or so. You just watch. You're never going to hear anything from the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl. No, they're they're team players. You know what? You're, you're exactly right because there, there there's a lot of there are a lot of histories in
1: this country and things you can count on happening, and uh, a bunch of old white men feeling like they've been wronged and complaining about it for years is absolutely an American <laughs> tradition. So you're right.
0: I love you, John. Love you too, bud. Take care. Appreciate our friends at Prairie Meadows for sponsoring the podcast. I hope you all have an awesome, awesome. Bowl season kickoff weekend. We got a massive slate of games coming up this weekend. Thanks for listening to Miller and Williams here on Iowa Everywhere. Iowa Everywhere.